Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 94. We are discussing the Porsche European Open on the European Tour. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Preview at Golf Betting System. And with me, we have Golf Betting System's European Tour expert, Paul Williams. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Steve. Nice to be back, isn't it? Do a bit of, uh, it is nice a bit of golf cav- coverage after, after a week of uh, R&R. Also, well, I said uh, I said on the golf betting show that I recorded yesterday, um, you were you were in the Mediterranean, I was in uh, Skegness. <laughs> Something's going horribly wrong somewhere. Yeah, although from looking at the weather forecast, I saw while I was out there, Steve. I think it was hotter where you were than where I was, to be honest. Mm, yeah, we did. We get we approached thirty degrees in Lincolnshire. Mm. That that's unheard of, mate. Yeah, Believe fa- me. Factor fifty city. Mm, uh, it was yes. It certainly was. Golfbettingsystem.co.uk is our website, naturally available on social media. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. We, I've got to thank the listeners. We we crashed through 5,000 group members. Mm. So uh, so thank you, one and all, that uh, came to the group. I, I noticed quite a few UK, quite a few Ireland, and a, and a mix also of Americans joining. So welcome to all of you. Uh, Paul is available on Twitter at Golf Betting. I'm available at Bamford Golf. Look out for the Golf Betting System YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. I put a link to this week's Porsche European Open show in the description box. This podcast is available on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Audio Boom, Buzzsprout, YouTube, and it's now been added to Google podcasts so if that's how uh, you take on board your podcast welcome available on google now now we are asking for two simple things from you guys please take time to rate and review us on itunes that is the podcast currency and drives our listener numbers continually upwards secondly if you are in the growing band of youtube listeners please subscribe and like the show as ever for those of you who leave a review i will read them out at the start of next week's show leave your name in the review so we can read it out on the podcast now we haven't got any reviews to read this week so if you are listening and you want to give us a review it would be much appreciated and we will read it out next week uh, on the KLM Open and also the returning PGA Tour Greenbrier Classic show. Right, Paul. Mm. Let's let's have a little chat about what we've kind of missed. I, I'm not I'm not really going to talk about the week before last, the Tour Championship, and also um, I'm trying to go back to what you were. Oh, it, it wasn't the Czech Masters that week, was it? Oh, no, the um, Scandinavian invitation, the, the one yes. in Sweden, Gothenburg, yes. Eric, yeah. I said I wasn't going to talk about it, but the only thing that comes out of that was EVR's yeah. first European Tour victory. Yeah, after after everyone, including me, had said that uh, he was, well, he was unbackable at the price, wasn't he? Was he 14, 16 to 1? And you know, every, every punter who's been on him over the last few months and well, probably months rather than years but you know, we all knew that he's quite capable of winning we'd all watched him we'd all seen him not convert fantastic chances and um, it's enough to put you off and then you sit back and he has the Sunday that has been um, lacking and missing for, for a while and, and wins a tournament and he wins it with some style as well so yeah, congratulations to him. I mean, to to hold his nerve and to make the putt on the last hole to to uh, to get over the line was was cracking stuff. And um, 
can only applaud him really. Um, I, d- I did say, I mean, the last podcast we had, when he wins at that kind of price, I'll miss him because I won't back him at that price. And lo and behold, he went off and won straight away after I made that statement. But uh, won it with the putter. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He was he was minus two strokes gained approach. And his putter was just an it's an incredible number. Thirteen point five strokes across the tournament gained with a putter. Yes, which ranked number two for the week. So fifteenth for T to Green and second with a putter. Mm. And when that putter was working, he's a hard man to keep down, isn't he? Yeah, really. he is. It'd be interesting to see how he pushes on from here. You know, his reaction on Twitter was, you know, this is just the start and um, you often see with these kind of players that once they get over that physical and or that mental barrier and break through them, they can push on from strength to strength. And in fact, he was in the mix for parts of it last week as well, wasn't he? So you know, there's there's a case to be to, to be had to keep an eye on him. Um, he's just going to be a silly short price for a period of time. So um, it depends how you like to. Uh, how you like to take a punt on these players, whether you wait until they drift out a little bit or whether you're happy to take a 14 or 16 to one about a guy who's um, who's just got that monkey off his back. In your in your opinion, on the basis that you've watched him for a couple of years on the European Tour, do you see him as being the next elite player from South Africa? You know, following on from Grace, <laughs> Svartzel, Oostalsen. Do you think he's got a bit more about him than you know, the likes of a Brandon Stone and guys like that that have been mooted as being the next best thing from South Africa. I th- I think how he reacts over the next three six months will tell us that. Um, it's difficult because he is clearly a very talented player, um, and clearly yeah. up until that point he had struggled with that final element. And top, ten in the ma- top ten in a major this year as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's you know, he's, he was clear, you know, going back to the Open last year where he was in a decent spot mm. for, for a long stretch of it, wasn't he? And yeah. it's all part of the learning process. And he perhaps he has, you know, learned enough now to push himself onto that next level. Um, if he kind of sits back and just dines out on it for the rest of the year and doesn't push on, then um, it'll be a shame for him, I think. Uh, I don't know. I, it's a difficult answer. I don't, I don't put him in that same bracket as a Brandon Grace, no. Um, not right now, but um, we'll we'll see how he progresses. And uh, yeah, don't know. It's the simple answer. We shall see. Also, got Presidents Cup um, picks mm. to play for, haven't they? Yeah. Guys of guys of that kind of ilk. Yeah, it's not as if they can down tools now for the rest of the year. There's no, there's no, lots no. lots to play for. You know, the guys that are on the cusp of a top fifty OWGR ranking for. For year end, need to keep their foot down, and uh, you know, there's there's lots of, I mean, particularly with the European Tour schedule, there's lots to play for, isn't there? There's a lot yeah. of decent a lot events, of, a lot of OWGR points on some very top heavy events coming up on the European Tour. Yeah, exactly. We've got got ten weeks or so of um, pretty strong action building, you know, as we go through next week and then uh, in, into Wentworth the week after, and then you've got all of the Rolex Series uh, events to finish off the uh, the year as well. So. We, me- we mentioned EVR. It'd be remiss of us now not to mention Rory winning the Tour Championship, his second PGA or his second FedEx Cup mm. uh, championship, if you like. Fifth, a cool fifteen million pocketed for the uh, bonus prize al- al- alone. Um, 
just didn't. He then he then flew across. Did I? Did I think I tweeted out? Is it? It's something crazy now for McElroy. Um, he he's by far the most successful European tour player now to have played on the PGA Tour. Mm. And you you have to respect that. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Pe- people have a dig and oh, he can't win majors and whatever. You know, he's won now sixteen PGA Tour titles. That's that's an incredible number. Yeah. yeah, it's not to be sniffed at, is it? And as you say, you know, he's stuck to his word. He, he he'd already committed to the uh, European Masters because of um, Omega. He's uh, one of his sponsors and, and flew straight out there and. Uh, yeah. Got himself again into the position to win last week, didn't he? Made made the playoff with a with a strong back nine, uh, five man playoff. But uh, you know, if you if you're backing someone like Rory at four to one before the event, um, you really need him to be dominating that kind of event rather than scraping himself into a playoff, which uh, which eventually he lost. So the perils of backing short price players in in golf. From the numbers I saw this morning, capturing the numbers from the tournament, it looked like it was actually his scrambling that let him down. He was like Mm. 30% for scrambling. So if he'd have actually scrambled anywhere close to where he's good at, he'd have have walked that tournament. Yeah, Um, it could be a tricky track, that, because of the the way that the greens are structured. The other thing with those scrambling numbers is if if you're constantly short-siding yourself because strategically you're you're going at it too much, you know, not really respecting the course enough, Mm. You, you're putting yourself in positions where it's almost impossible to scramble, and it's yeah. a tough track for scrambling. You can just see that in the numbers. Yeah, yeah, it is, and you know, the, the, a lot of the, um, the greens are you know like, like upturned sources effectively. So there's runoff areas, and mm. it's not it's not straightforward. And you, you can attack it. You know, as I remember saying in my preview last week, you can attack it a number of ways. You can play it conservatively, you can play aggressive, and uh, you know both. Styles have a have a way to, uh, to to get to the winning score, but uh, it certainly created a lot of excitement and uh, you know fantastic for Sebastian Soderberg to uh, to make the putt to put the pressure on on Rory and uh, and, and win his first title two hundred and seventy five to one. Two qu- two questions for you. When was the last time you you saw a five man playoff? Yeah, it's been a while, isn't it? I'll, I'll leave the second question till you've we've answered this one. I I I was I was sitting there. I watched a little bit of it on Sunday, and I I couldn't remember the last time we had a. I mean, I I I, I went back to say that there was a Honda Classic about five six years ago, which actually I think McElroy was part of, mm. uh, where there was a four or five in it. I can remember him and Russell Knox, Palmer, players like that. I can't think of any others. I remember there was a long playoff at uh, the Spanish Open that um, Rafael Jacqueline won a few years back. Um, I think that started off with a, quite a few players as well. There was another one, Glenn Eagles, I think. Thomas Bjorn. I mean, you were talking a long time ago. Yeah, exactly. Nothing. Nothing was kind of last year or the year before, isn't it? No, 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 no. But it's good, you know. It adds a lot of excitement, doesn't it? And um, it's you know to to get for the the, the guys that had backed Soderberg and again, you know, some of the things I was looking for last week, one of them, and I'd said in the preview that I think it was seven out of the previous nine had finished in the top um, six or eight in their previous event. So he had that coming into it. He was just a a debutant going into that event. And historically, you've needed to add a a good look at Kranz to to get your head around it. It's not one of those tracks you can tend to just rock up to and and, and get your head around first time. But, um, you know, 
that back nine with birdies being made by a lot of players and uh, you know, ultimately got himself into a position to win and made the putt when he needed to make the putt. That's the game of golf. Second question, what is Soderberg's background? Because he's a relatively new name for me. Um, that might also be the case for some of our listeners. Clearly, um, a European challenge or European uh, a second division background over recent years. Yeah. Is he a player that's ever poked out on your radar, potentially? Well, or just he, a name in a list? <laughs> yeah. You, you, you can look at some of the players and some of these these types and you know they'll pop up for various reasons but i i've, I've never backed him I've, there's not a player that i've backed in the past um and you know until you've really sat down and investigated a player and got to got to and watched with, him yeah yeah they're difficult to pigeonhole i mean most of his good work's been on the um on the challenge tours you know a couple yeah. of wins back there and uh, i think it was one in the nordic golf league going back as well um but yeah, on the European tour, and, and hence the price. You know, he'd, he'd come into the event having finished fifth the week before, and he was still available at two hundred and seventy-five to one. I mean, wow. the bookies saw that as a as a flash in the pan, and mm. you know, with with no course history, he was he 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 was difficult to justify. Um, but then I've seen a number of winning betting slips. You know, the guys had taken a chance on him purely on the back of a. The, week, the performance the week before and, and picked up a picked up a chunky number so uh, so yeah well done to you guys if you managed to uh, get a bit of Soderberg last week if you're a long shot back at the backer players like that that top five the week before available at 200 to 1 plus they're, they're kind of no brainer bets aren't they yeah you can, I mean, again you could have gone through and you know, using the logic that was in the preview you could have said okay well, I'm going to back all whatever the number was 10-15 players who have uh, you know the, the right finish in their previous event, it doesn't need to be necessarily the week before, but from the last week or two, and that was their last start. And all the guys that were sitting there at 150, 200, 200 to one, 250, whatever the number, and back them all, you know, you'd, you'd have popped up with a winner there because you'd have you'd have slotted Soderberg in as part of your uh, portfolio of long shots. But uh, never that straightforward usually. We also had yesterday the conclusion of the Corn Ferry Tour, the Corn Ferry Tour Championship. Mm. And uh, one of our local brethren from Wellingarden City in Hertfordshire, just north of London, Tom Lewis, flew over, played his first ever Corn Ferry Tour tournament and won by five shots at 23 (laughs) under to uh, to bag himself a full PGA Tour card for next season, which clearly starts next week at the Greenbrier Classic. Yeah, that's the way to do it. It is the way to do it, isn't it? I mean, we'd seen a little bit from Lewis, hadn't we? Well, clearly, he'd stepped up a gear after having a few years in the doldrums, but 11th at the Open Championship was an eye-opener. I mean, you remember, I backed him the week, well, not the week, the start after that at the Czech Masters in Prague. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> He was diabolical. He, he, mm. he, you know, he ended up withdrawing um, halfway through his second round. I think it was because um, he was he was an absolute mile off the pace, and did very little in Sweden the week after, and uh, mm. rocks up the uh, Tour Championship on the Corn Ferry Tour and and walks it. Fair play to him. Well, you know, it's, it's very very well done, and it's uh, for a career defining win. That, that's going to be a big step for him. It gives him. 
massive opportunity next year on the PGA Tour. I keep saying, to see how he goes. I keep saying Greenbrier Classic. It's a military tribute at the Greenbrier next week. Yeah, so same apologies, to, apologies to people that like their T's crossed and their I's dotted. Um, yes. I th- I, I, a question we were asking ourselves off mic uh, pre-recording is how do you categorise Tom Lewis? And the, mm. clearly the, the, the strategy we've kind of come up with is bent grass greens or bent power mix greens and somewhere where you're looking at 20 under to win the tournament with a little bit of width off the tee. A little bit of width, probably uh, more um, more exposed tracks rather than tree lines. I mean, you look at the two wins that he's got on the European Tour, the um, uh, Villabora, the Portugal Masters, both of those mm. wins. And, you know, that's that's the kind of track that clearly has suited his eye in the past. And as you say, he's managed to get himself into that kind of 20 under bracket. Bent grass greens, um, bit of width. Um, he hits a lot of greens when he's, when he's playing well. He hits a lot of greens in regulation. Uh, you take him to a, a track that he gets on with the with the putting surfaces, and as you say, Ben Ben Power makes sense. You know, he's a uh, he's a British lad. He's obviously played a lot of his or most of his formative golf on bent or bent power greens around uh, around the area. So um, that's gonna be that's gonna feel more comfortable for that. For that's that's for sure. But then he's got a bit of form on in, in the Middle East as well. I mean, he's seventh last year at the the uh, Tour Championship at uh, the Earth Course. Hmm. Um, Saudi uh, Abu Dhabi this year finished ninth. So yeah, there's, there's, I'm sure there's. It, it, he wouldn't want to completely just pigeonhole him as a as a kind of a one trick pony in that respect. But uh, he's going to have a lot of opportunities for different types of types of track. But t- tracks that are quite likely to suit, I expect, on the PGA Tour next season. Some of these big American style tracks where yeah, un- yeah, yeah. unleash the driver and um, and let his putter do the talking. It'll be very, it'll be fascinating to see how him and his management team are going to work his schedule now because clearly mm. uh, you've got somewhere like the international next week, the KLM Open. You've got Wentworth, which I'm sure he won't miss. You've got the Alfred Dunhill Links Championship, which I'm sure he probably won't mix. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's up five million dollars up for grabs up there. Mm. You've then got uh, Spanish Open, the Italian Open. You know, some um, that's uh, that's uh, one of these. Uh, what do they call them now? This these days on the in on the calendar. Oh, the Rolex series. Yeah, yeah that's a Rolex series event down in Italy. You've then got the Portugal Masters, which clearly he would be defending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's you know how many PGO Tour events does he play uh, this autumn? It's so going to be. Yeah, he's going to need to rejig it, isn't he? He's currently entered into, as you just said, he's currently entered into the um, the KLM Open next week. So, what's his decision from there? Does he instantly jump in and and change his schedule, or is he kind of set now up until up until Christmas? We shall see. Yeah, because there's rank. <laughs> this is where it gets technical, isn't it? There's kind of rankings within rankings as well, isn't there? Because if he doesn't go out to America and play some tournaments and get some results. The likely he will slip down those um, kind of the, the rankings in terms of getting spots. Saying now, I think at this stage of the season, if he wants to go and play the Mayakoba Golf Classic or whatever, yeah, he's he's in the field uh, yeah. because he actually we were looking at this earlier, but because he's now he now ranks I think in the top five in terms of the fifty that have. Qualified for the PGA Tour, again yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, fifth is fifth out of the fifty. So yeah, he's sitting so, yeah. in fifth spot, isn't he? 
Mm. So he can play where he wants, effectively, yeah. this side of Christmas, in the States or on the PGA Tour. Um, it'd be fascinating to see what he does there. Um, I don't think he'll touch the HSBC World Championships. I don't think he's going to get into that. But there's an event in Bermuda. Uh, you've got this Zozo Championship. I think that's quite high-end because Tiger's going to be playing in now on the first PGA Tour event in Japan later on in October. Mm. The one that did look quite useful, I think, from a Tom Lewis perspective, would be somewhere like Houston, early yeah. in October. Yeah, that makes sense. That's pretty wide off the tee. But that, again, is the same week as the Italian Open. So he's got a lot of decisions on his plate, Tom Lewis. A lot of decisions. Um, talent that we've got being promoted this year. I think if you just look at the list coming onto mm. the PGA Tour, Scotty Scheffler ranks as number one of the graduates yeah, yeah. that are coming up. He's a talented lad, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, he's one likely to break through. I think relatively, relatively straightforward. We've got Zinjun Zhang. He played a year last season, I believe. Didn't get a lot done, but clearly he was the mate, the number one point scorer across the regular season on yeah. the Corn Ferry. Matthew Neesmith, who did very well. Uh, at the Boise Open to win that. There's some very talented individuals. Brandon Haggy, he was a a name from a couple of years ago that was a big, long hitter and got some decent top five results on the PGA Tour. He's got himself a full card now. Yeah. And of course, we haven't even mentioned Victor Hovland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah or Christopher yeah. Ventura. We've got, a, we've got a bit of a Scandinavian invasion. <laughs> Henrik Norlander. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a few. Annabelle Annabelle here. He's got himself uh, back on the tour as well. Twenty first yep. spot. There's yeah, uh, a lot to look forward to. I see Justin Harding just missed out, which was a little bit disappointing for for him in the end. He was he was virtually nailed on to make it. I think at one point. But, um... Justin Harding finished twenty sixth. DJ mm. Trahan birded the last. And managed to get into twenty fourth spot. So Trayan's now got himself a full PGA Tour card for next year. Yeah, yeah, that's sorely. He's, he's an easy card. track bully, isn't he, Trayan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's capable. But yeah, sorely disappointing for Harding. Um, it's, it, to be in, a, he was in a decent position after the uh, after the first event, wasn't he? And, uh, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Top seven. Just drifted away after that. Quite a few returning names. Fabian Gomez mentioned him a few weeks ago. Mm. He uh, performed second yesterday to jump into the top five in the playoff rankings. Brendan Todd's coming back. We've got Grayson Murray. I know that you always keep your eye out for Grayson Murray. Yeah. Tyler Duncan. David Hearn, the Canadians, back. Uh, who else have we got? Cameron Percy, the Australian. He's back. So there's quite a few names that we've seen on the tour before. Joseph Bramlett. Doug Gims got himself a full PGA Tour card. DJ yeah. Trahan and Richie Rowinski. Rowinski's often one to watch on these uh, sort of 20 under kind of tournaments. He pops up quite often. Yeah, he's one of these uh, birdie fest lovers, isn't he? Hmm. Get him on the Bob Oak Classic next year. And then there's a couple of players that have completely disappeared now. Ollie Schneiderjans being one completely lost mm. his PGA Tour privileges. Yeah, 
one of the worst drivers of the golf ball I've ever seen statistically, Oli Schneider Jans, and that's that's the issue. Someone needs yeah. to straighten him up a little bit. Yeah, get him outside out of the thirty-two percent uh, driving accuracy stand. <laughs> that's a good week. <laughs> Cody Gribble, he's gone. We and also we Kim. We Kim won't have any status whatsoever. The South Korean next year, so he's disappeared off the radar. So yeah, a few a few changes, a few changes to the PJ Tour. That action restarts next week at the military tribute at Greenbrier, and uh, I had a quick glance. It's usual Bubba Watson, Phil Mickelson's playing, who have got properties, but also uh, Bryson DeChambeau is uh, playing in that one next week. Okay. In uh, I'm trying to remember Pennsylvania, I think it is. No, not Pennsylvania. Yeah, uh, where is it? I need to get it right. It is in Western Virginia. West Virginia. That's a that's been a regular, isn't it? Greenbrier for a number yeah, of years yeah. now. I can remember um, Angel Cabrera winning there. Xander Schauffele won his first PGA Tour event there a couple of years ago, and last year it was Kevin Nahr. So that's something to look forward to. Right. We've procrastinated enough. Um, I'd go quiet now because effectively there's one tournament this week. It's the European Tour. Over to you. Yeah, just the one. Yeah, it's a nice little stretch actually we've got coming up, isn't it, on the European Tour? Um, so got the KLM. Actually, it's going to take a bit of deciphering next week, the KLM Open, because they're going to another new track, the International. In Amsterdam. Uh, yeah, it's just by Amsterdam Airport. I don't. I've never been to Amsterdam, so um, I don't know how close that is to the uh, to the action. But um, uh, right next to the how airport, how close? About a, fifth, a fifteen minute ride, mate, in a cab. I was oh. there in March. Yeah. It's not so yeah, that will take. Uh, that looks an interesting one. A sub seven thousand yard par seventy three, apparently. So um, if that's how it actually manifests itself wow. next week, that's going to be going to be an interesting one to. Uh, to try and work out, but and again, another decent field. Reed, Sergio, Tom Lewis, if he plays, playing next week. Yost Loughton, as you'd expect. Matt Wallace, and then we're on to Wentworth, and we were looking at the field earlier, which looks looks pretty good, doesn't it? McIlroy, Rose, Rahm, uh, Francesco Molinari, Tony Finau coming over as well. Billy Horschel, another one of these American Raiders, and a lot of the uh, the normal names that you'd expect to see at Wentworth as well. So. Couple of big weeks to look forward. To. We're going to be on the course, so we're going to be sending out some tweets closer to the uh, the event, aren't we? Basically saying where we're going to be and at what time. So if, if listeners are there, they might want to meet up with us. And uh, Barry's also attending, isn't he? Barry's coming over yeah. from Ireland for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll so be there on the Friday. We'll be wandering around on the Friday from bar to bar. So uh, if, you, <laughs> if you can't see us on the course, then. You forgot your mate Paul Casey. Patrick Reed's going to be playing. He's actually doing three straight, isn't he, Reed? He is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patrick Reed, Paul Casey. Yeah, Shane Lowry's playing as well. Um, Henrik Stenson, mm. Paul Poulter. There's, there's some, some really. It's good a great names. field. I think that's the strongest Wentworth field I can remember. Yeah, and I think it's been rewarded by its position in the calendar. And uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. Should we? Hopefully, the uh, the weather is um, good enough for us all to enjoy it and have a good wander around the. Uh, around the course that's uh, for those four days for those of you who are going uh, this week first though and we're going back to the uh, Green Eagle golf courses so it's a collection of collection of courses and holes in Hamburg 
um, and this is the third year in succession that we've gone back to Green Eagle. Um, we've restored right, the, the event's been restored back to its old autumn schedule spot. So the last couple of years where it's been played here at Green Eagle, it's been immediately after the Open Championship, and it's now been shifted back to the autumn where it was when the event was reinstated in 2015. Just a note of caution if you're looking at the old stats, 2015-2016 were at different tracks. So 2017-2018, last two years here at Green Eagle, but they were played immediately after the Open Championships. So yeah, just worth bearing in mind, I guess. A decent field this week, actually. Um, you've got four PGA Tour Raiders who've come over. They, they had the betting, as you'd expect. Xander, Xander Chauflet, 13-2. Paul Casey seven to one, Patrick Reed eight to one, Matt Kuchar sixteen to one, Thomas Peters sixteen to one who won recently, and then you're going into the uh, the more regular PGA or European Tour players after that twenty eight to one, bar those five. It does make for an interesting dynamic at the top of the market because you've got those three players, those three kind of eight to one or sub eight to one players, and then. Uh, couple of 16 to 1 shots does mean there's quite a bit of value further down the betting and uh, we'll go into it in a second but uh, given what we've seen here over the four renewals that we've had um, for this event since it was resurrected and um, backing the short price favourites may not be the uh, may not be the trick here this week. I wonder how much money they played Xander to come across. It's yeah. interesting Xander isn't playing at Wentworth. No. But he does, he's, he's he's ranking quite. I think he's top ten in the uh, order of merit, isn't he? Or mm-hmm. uh, race to yeah, the bar. Yeah, yeah. He gets his major finishes, doesn't he? And they they really bump it up. It's where but they've clearly of, paid him quite a few euro to come over. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm sure Matt Kuchar's not come over on a freebie either. So. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon El Toucan's flown over from Mexico to be his yeah. uh, to be his caddy? Not, not unless it. he's got himself a new deal. No. No. Um, some details on the course. Green Eagle Golf Course is, is a collection of 42 holes in the Lüneburger Heide on the outskirts of Hamburg. Um, they use the north course here, so 18 of those 42 form the north course, which can stretch up to 7,836 yards if they decide to play it off in the back tees. This year it's supposedly playing at 7,544 for a par of 72, so slightly down. It's about 30, 40 yards down on last year. One of the par fives has been uh, reduced slightly, but it is still a nice long track. Wide fairways, large greens, but there is water on all but one of the holes. So um, it kind of sets up, for me, it sets up very much like a risk and reward track. There's five par fives, there's two short par fours, which ranked amongst the easiest holes. Um, over the last couple of years but with five par fives and clearly they can play about with tee positions as well so I wouldn't yeah you can you, 7544 is what they're going to list the course as but uh, on some days particularly on Saturday I suspect they'll move a couple of the tee boxes up on the par fives and let the players have a real go at it and for me it's very much what you describe as a risk reward track where you can have a go at some of these um, scoreable holes but in some of the other tracks with a lot of water involved you've got to be very very careful a um, couple of winners on this track since 2017. Uh, Jordan Smith, 13 under, um, in soft conditions that year. He averaged 296 yards off the tee. Richard McAvoy, last year, 11 under, 
Um, he averaged 276 in dry conditions, so 20 yards shorter. Um, and I think that tells a bit of the story. This this track will play um, wider and longer um, when there's wet weather around, and clearly when there's dry weather, it will play a little bit narrower and you know it'll be a little bit easier for the long the shorter hitters to uh, to navigate their way around this long track. Importantly, this year I'm seeing rain in the forecast pretty much every day um, up to the start of the event and during the course of the four days as well. It's not going to be particularly warm, mid 60s Fahrenheit. Um, I suspect it's going to play um, and feel longer than it did last year by some stretch. And for me, it kind of feels far more akin to the conditions that we saw um, back in 2017 last, rather than last year. Um, winds 15 miles an hour or so, um, dropping as the event progresses. The weekend's not going to be too bad, it's just not going to be particularly hot. Um, as I said, you've got this open dynamic from the last couple of years. Um, going back to this, the form that the guys who won on this track had coming in, um, McAvoy had won the week before um, in the alternate event on the on the Challenge Tour. Um, so he came in and, and went win-win effectively. Wow. Jordan, Jordan Smith um, hadn't had a top 10 for 10 European Tour events prior to winning back in 2017, when he pipped Alex Levy, who, who I backed that week. Um so you've got a bit of a mix there in terms of the the incoming form. I think really the conditions are going to dictate the kind of player that's going to going to be most suited for it. And for me, it's controlled aggression is probably the key. It is risk reward. It is going to be playing longer this this year. It's going to be playing a little bit wider. I think you need a decent bit of punch off the tee this year, and um, be willing to attack the holes that are there to to be attacked. Um, which leads me into one of my old favourites, and I suspect anyone who'd followed any of my previews in the past um, who'd seen the forecast would have said, well, Paul's going to stick Alex Levy up top, and that's exactly what I've done. Um, you did um, make me titter. <laughs> uh, I think the fact that he's 40-1 to 1 this week, and there was a little bit of 50-1 to 1 very, very early on a Monday morning. Uh, so well done if you managed to grab that. And there's still 40 to one available now. I think the point, the reason that is that price is that you've got these players at the top of the market who, um, you know, you, you have to decide whether you can or should oppose them or not. Um, yeah. Alex Levy in Germany has got a fantastic record. Um, he's got a decent record in this track. And if you look at the winning prices that we've had at the four events since this was resurrected, you had Tong, Tong Chai Jai Di, um 2015, he won at 55 to one. Levy won at 45 to 1. Jordan Smith was 40 to 1. Looking for last year was 125 to 1. So these players who've gone in as short price, single figure, or you know, 10, 12, 16 to yeah. 1 bracket, they haven't been winning this golf tournament. Didn't um, Deschambo, he was he was in the final group last year with McAvoy, wasn't he? That's right, yeah. And everyone, yeah. Oh, you know, he's he was he's trading walking, at yeah. 1.3 on Betfair, blah, blah, blah. And he just blew up, didn't he? Yep, yep, yeah. Awful round. And mm. that, that, these things can happen, can't they? And yeah, they for can. me, I think if there's if there's enough of a valid reason to to back players outside of those, you know, those short prices, then you know, there's events where you, you simply can't avoid it, and you need you need to you know you need to wade in on some of the short prices. But for me, I think Alex Levy stands a yeah. decent enough chance. And he had back issues earlier in the season, and his form dipped. We saw that. 
with a player like him, if he's got back issues, he's not swinging at full pelt. He needs to be able to go full beans at this. Yeah, and if, if, if he's not feeling 100% comfortable with his back, he's not going to be up to full speed. And, you know, he's missing cuts for fun, but he's starting to show some form now. I've seen his swing. It looks fluid. It looks good. Um, 18th at the Czech Masters. Uh, he was fifth for total driving, sixth ball striking. That's the kind of numbers that I'm looking for uh, with Levy to, to, to get involved in. Because um, that suggests to me that he's swinging back at his full pace and he's quite comfortable and happy in the way that he's playing. He was fifth the week after in Sweden. He opened with a 63 that week to yeah. lead after the or he was second after the first and round. And hypothetically, that course in, in uh, Sweden isn't a levy course. No, no. So no, for him he... to actually finish in the top five on a course that isn't his bag, yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, well, he missed the cut last week, but, you know. He's never gonna. He's never gonna compete around Crans. It's not gonna happen. He's, he's, this he's is his. There. This is his kind of golf course, isn't it? Long, yeah, yeah. wide, risk and reward. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you 100. percent Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as you say, with Crans, he's and he can he's, win on the European Tour, can't he? And he strings together top five finishes as regular yeah. as clockwork when he's at the top of his game. When he feels comfortable and confident on the, the, the setup and the kind of track that he's on um, and he's playing well. And I think, he, 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 ignore last week, I mean, for me, that he might, he might as well have not played. Um, and the fact, the, the fact that he's had an extra couple of days to prepare and get ready for, for this week um, is all, all good for me. I mean, Fis, he missed five of his last seven cuts when he'd gone to the, to the Swiss Alps. So I've got no issue with that whatsoever. You look at his German form. Third, third, twelfth, fifty-fifth, first, second, thirteenth from his six starts prior to missing the cut um, at the BMW International earlier this year when he was still struggling with his back. So, um, very, very good in Germany. Full stop. Second year in twenty seventeen, similar conditions. He had a very short putt to win. Um, very, very disappointing for for backers that week. But um, you know he's got over it. He's won since he won it. Uh, he won in Morocco. Um, the year after to, uh, to to kind of get that out of his mind. I still think he's got demons to exercise this week. So um, if he can uh, get into a position this week to, to do just that, then I think he's got a good chance of converting. 40 to 1, I thought, was well worth taking on this week. A um, couple of mid-prize players. Lucas Herbert, another player who's showing um, certain some form recently. He did a great 2018, didn't he, Herbert? He was one of the players that I'd backed quite a few times. Six top yeah, seven uh, finishes. And he was tri- he was down at 20 to 1, wasn't he, for a big yeah. chunk of last year because he was playing so well. Yeah, 18 I to 1. The book is expecting, I expected him to win. The book is expected him to win. And six top seven finishes. And he mm. looked really, really strong. Started this year off seventh in Dubai, but been largely off the boil since that. I mean, until last week, eighth last week on his debut at Crans. I mean that stands out because again, that's not his track by any stretch. You know, yes, you can get around it by 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 attacking, but to go there on debut with that kind of game and to be close with the sixty four as well, um, that's impressive stuff. That's a big tick in the, in the book for me. He was 29th here last year on debut. Remember, that was in drier conditions. That was straight after his Open Championship debut. Um, and he still shot a 67 on the Friday, 68 on the Sunday. Both of those rounds were amongst the very best that were on display um, in that particular week. Um, he's flanked those with a pair of 75s. That's why he finished down in 29th. Um, but um, he's better than that. He's, uh, he's, he's had a good sighting of the course. And I think the conditions this week were suits 
much better than they did 12 months ago. And we know from him, we've seen it, that he can and it does string results together. When he finds that bit of form, he finds some some form in his long game, he can string uh, results together. So 66 to 1, I grabbed yesterday, I think is well worth taking on Lucas Herbert, the Aussie. Paul Waring's another one I backed, I nearly backed Victor Dubis on actually. And I gave it a, a long, hard thought as to whether to, to back Dubuisant. He's clearly finding something in his game. He's clearly starting to get his head around um, the game once again. He just still withdraws far too many times for me. Um, he pulled out a couple of weeks ago with a neck injury. And his, his ball striking looked really good, actually, last week at, uh, at uh, Crasse-Rossier. But um, I had to... I had to had to scrub him off the list in the end. I just couldn't quite do it. Paul Waring, though, he has made the list. There's another one who's striking the ball well. Um, second for total drive and a first ball striker at the Czech Masters, where he finished 30th. He made a decent fist of his defence in Sweden on his last start, finished 20th. His ball striking was good. Again, his long game looked good again. Um, played alongside Eric Van Rooyen that week for a couple of days. So perhaps a little bit of the winning mentality might... Uh, might rub on if he, rub off on him. You never know. He's certainly stepped up a gear since he won that uh, Nordea Masters last year. Sixth in Abu Dhabi, third in Dubai, sixth at Hillside, seventh at the Hinge as well. If you look at his German form, he's not played this track. He's got four top twelve finishes in Germany from six starts overall. So clearly comfortable with the area. Full stop. And I think in terms of a player who's got the power and the accuracy to compete around this track, then Paul Waring is. One worth following at 80 to 1. Couple of longer shots then. Um, firstly, the talented Italian who is still being um still been overpriced in my view. Guido Migliozzi, 100 to 1. How do you say um, that? <laughs> probably not how I've just pronounced it. Guido well, no, Mig- it's better than mine. <laughs> I, I think I came out with six different versions on the gold betting show yesterday. I'll just call him Guido. Guido. <laughs> Guido. Guido. Guido, big uh, call him call him Mini Mig, Mig Mini Mig Guido. Yeah, yeah so we're back in Mig at uh, hundred to one, and he's uh, he's followed the similar path to uh, to Matt Wallace, isn't he? He's gone through the uh, the Alps Tour, taking that to, taking that to pieces. Three wins in the Alps Tour and Alps Tour, and he's uh, in fifteen starts there. Come on to the European Tour. Two wins on the European Tour. So ready already in 2019. So that makes five wins out of 56 starts as a professional. And that puts him in that same kind of bracket as Wallace when we were looking at him a, a year or so back. Where, you know, converting at circa 10% is, is absolutely, you know, it's outstanding. No matter what level you're playing at on, on golf, in golf, if you're converting in one in 10 tournaments, then uh, that's, that's pretty good going. And for me, he's still overpriced. I mean, I can't offer you any course form or any you know sparkling German form, but a hundred to one, I thought was take, worth taking on. He's got the right kind of game for this track. And if you look at the way he's been um, kind of working towards each of his wins, um, but the, the number of events he's played between his wins, he's, he, he won. He played seven events. He won again. He played six events. He won again. He played seven events. He won again. He played five again. Five events. He won again, and he's now on a stretch of having played five events without a win. So, by the law of averages, from what he's done previously or recently, perhaps that win is just around the corner again this week. He's going to carry on carry on that kind of sequence again for 
uh, as he progresses his career, we shall see. But yeah, 100 to 1 I thought was worth taking on. And finally, uh, Xander Lombard, 150 to 1. And is it another is it one of these players that's erratic to, to back? He, when you back someone at 150 to 1 like Lombard, if he misses the cut, you kind of just take it on the chin. He can and he does get himself into positions where he can um, he can play or potentially get that win on the European Tour that I suspect he has he's well capable of doing. He's placed top seven seven times in the European Tour so far, uh, one of which was here in soft conditions in 2017 on this very track. Um, so he clearly gets on with the track. In fact, if you look at his stats from that week, he um, he produced his best ever European Tour long game stats, third for total driving, third for ball striking. So it clearly suited his eye when he played here a couple of years ago. Uh, early this season, six missed cuts on the trot, which is kind of what you expect. Then he led the Irish Open, you may remember, at the halfway point. Um, drifted away, finished ninth in the end, but um, that was a, a good positive step in decent company. 11th in Prague, 16th in Gothenburg, both of some decent long game performances. And when his long game's good, that's when he plays well. When his long game's off, forget it, he's missing lots of cuts. And I think right now his long game's in a decent place. And going back to this, you know, he's going back to a track that he's clearly has performed well in terms of his uh, in terms of his tee to green game when he played here a couple of years ago. So yeah, I thought worth taking a chance. 150 to 1 on Lombard. So that's my five for my team this week. And just hope one of the boys at the very top of the market doesn't just walk it and we're just playing for a place. If you were looking at one of those shorties, who would it be? <sighs> who's, who's the one that's going to be in the final group? I, out of all of them, I think Thomas Peters is probably the most likely. I, yeah. I wonder about Xander. I wonder if Xander really has the um, desire to want to... Go, you know, go, go and really attack on an event. Like it, clearly, he's well capable of winning it. He, he could absolutely walk it. Was he second at the second at the? Um, uh, he's like, you know, if he's he's um, Mini Brooks though, isn't he? He's, he's, yeah. he's not. He's not going to win the BMW. He's not BMW. God, can you imagine the guys in <laughs> in Stuttgart, the Porsche European <laughs> Open? Xander's not going to do that, is it? That's just not his character. He's clearly come across for some Euros and a bit of downtime. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I don't see Xander winning it. Famous last words. No, no. Patrick I mean, Reed, he's still got a President's Cup spot to um and he he's he's performed well in Europe in the past. He he takes the European to a series, yeah, does he? Yeah, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, Casey, um Tita Green, he should be absolutely spot on for this this track this week. Um whether he can produce the parts to, to warrant a price of circa six, seven to one. It just didn't excite me, so so no, I'm happy to leave them all alone. If if there was one, it probably would be Thomas Peters. I think he's uh, he's stepped up a gear again, and I think it will work well for him this week. But but yeah, I think I'm quite happy to uh, to start. A Strokes going T to green last two events. Second when he won in Czech, hmm. and last week was first. Yep. Third for a Strokes gained approach. Sixth for strokes gain off the tee, which is going to unlock a lot of doors here, isn't it? Yeah, just yeah. his putting isn't. But is this going to be a pure putting contest? No, not likely not so to be. Sure. I, th- I think it's more about controlled aggression, and um, mm. you know, as I say, if if I, if if you'd hold me over a barrel, then that he would be the most likely at the top of the market that I'd back. But um, I haven't backed any of them, so I'd, if one of them wins, then so be it, and um, hopefully we can make up some some decent money from the places if so be it. 
if that's the way it goes. But um, fingers crossed they don't and uh, one of our boys gets over the line. The other one I'm going to back is Arnu. Anus. Yeah. Because he's playing yeah. some great stuff, isn't he? he and I know, he is, I know yeah. he's short in your mind. But that is the kind of price price point that potentially wins around here, isn't it? The the forty to one, forty five to one. Where's Arnus at the moment? He's sitting there. Thirty fives is the best price for Unibet. Yeah. He is due a big win soon. I can't. I can't um, you, you can't scrub him off. The only slight thing that puts me off is he doesn't hasn't tended to be stringing consecutive weeks together. He tends to no, have a true. decent week and kind of then yeah. takes a week Twist off and then he's, then he's back at it again. Um, yeah. Another one who is going to be heavily supported is Matthias Schwab, who, um, again, I just looked at the price and thought, well, I just can't, I can't pull the trigger at that price. But um, he's, you know, he's got that combination of current form and course form and um, he's, he's going to be, he's going to be backed, but he's, you know, he's drifting down to the low twenties to one. So I just didn't, I can't do it. I can't pull the trigger at that price when I've got some players that I fancy a bit further down the list. So, so, so be it. Have we got a top five finisher from last week at a ridiculously big price this one? <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'm not sure it's going to work quite like that this week, but um, look, there wasn't one who really stuck out who, who you could uh, you could justify like that, I don't think. But I don't know. I Come can't on, see mate. it in the betting. No. That player's no. not jumping out at me. No, and I think last week at Crowns, you can, you know, you can make more of a justification for a player like that because, or, or less of a justification, or, you know, there's a higher, uh, there's a higher chance that they're going to not get the job done because they're, they're going there with um, with no course form. But, uh, but this week, you've got less course history to fall back on. What you got? Lorenzo Gagli and Cali Samuja, both of them at three figure prizes who finished in the uh, in the playoff last week. Yeah, yeah. Lorenzo, what's his game? How does he play his golf, Lorenzo Gagli? It's having watched it or not watched it last week because I was away. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but um, yeah, is he powerful? Or I'm just looking. Oh yeah, seventh for strokes gain to off the tee, sixth for strokes gain approach. So yeah, T degree ten. I might put two pounds on him as well, mate. Bearing in mind what we saw last week. Yeah. Lorenzo Garley, and he's another one of these European Challenge players by the looks. Yeah, yeah, and some of them could pop through and do something, I guess. Mm. But um... they are producing a lot of good players, Italy at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've invested quite a bit, haven't they, as a, as a country to? It's coming through. The, yeah, and Andrea uh, Pavan being one that seems to be stepping up to the mark of late. Yeah, I might. There you go. I'm going to have two pound, two pound on him, and I'm going to have a few quid on on Arnu. Is it Arnus? Arnu. Adrianus. Yeah, he uh, will win. He will win something. But uh, yeah, and I might so. have a little win-only bet on Peters at sixteens. I think those are the three I'm going to go for. But I do think Levy. Of, of that was the one that I actually backed yesterday as well. Mm. I think he's he's primed, primed and ready. Yeah, he loves this. He's levy, exactly. He does love this kind of track. So uh, fingers crossed. Appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Yeah, fingers crossed. Good luck, good listeners. Hopefully, we can get something over the line this week. Absolutely, be nice. That's podcast ninety four done and dusted. We'll be back next week with ninety five 
the Green Briar and also the KLM Open on the European Tour. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, of course, if you could give us a review, that would be absolutely fantastic. And also, if you listen on YouTube, give us a like and a subscribe. See you next week.